Have you ever heard of the word Reiki and thought, what the heck is that? <laughs> or maybe you've never even heard of Reiki at all. Maybe this is your first time. No matter where you are on the spectrum, whether you're a newbie to Reiki or you're a master practitioner, I hope you choose to stay tuned in as we discuss Reiki with two Reiki masters, Tracy Showman from San Diego, California, and Jennifer Hutchins from Malone, New York, on this episode of What's Next. Stay tuned. Thank you all for agreeing to be on What's Next. I am so excited to discuss Reiki with both of you. So welcome again, and let's just go ahead and dive into today's episode. So for our listeners, can you define what is Reiki? Can you give us some history on Reiki, how it came into existence, and just what is its purpose in general? I'm so happy to be here, Paige. My name is Jennifer. The way that I define Reiki is a white light energy that I have been attuned to that I use to help people heal. It was passed down from Yusui in the turn of the 20th century in Japan. And there's a couple of discrepancies and historians are still continuing to research him and exactly how he obtained this knowledge. But through him, there was a lineage and then it traveled to Hawaii in the 1930s. And then it passed to Takata in 1980, where she initiated 22 Reiki masters. And essentially, that's where we're here today. So Reiki is essentially passed down through a lineage that started with Master Usui. Hi, my name is Tracy Showman, and I'm a Reiki master. Reiki is it's a, a hands-on healing energy. It is a technique for stress reduction and relaxation that promotes physical healing and also emotional well-being. It is generally done in person with the hands lightly touching the client or patient, but it can also be sent through distance. It's called distant Reiki, and that is just as powerful. I've had great success with people receiving it through distance Reiki. It's just a transfer of a universal healing energy, and it means divine life force energy. The key is similar to chi or prana in Chinese and in uh, the Indian traditions. And where intention goes, energy flows. So the Reiki practitioner is actually using their intention and attention and directing that healing energy to the receiver. I love that. So I actually did a little research before this so I could have a conversation with both of you. <laughs> and so what Dr. Natalie Rand and colleagues, I'm going to quote their paper directly from 2019. It says that like you both said, Reiki is a spiritually guided life force energy, and it's based on the principle that fields of energy and information surround living systems, and that these fields can be influenced by a practitioner to stimulate healing responses. And so it's more of a passive energetic exchange rather than a more forceful, active energetic exchange. What are y'all's thoughts on that? Absolutely. We are all vibrational 
beings. And we all have an innate ability to use this energy. Our body innately knows how to heal itself. And it's important for it to be in a harmonious state where that energy is flowing freely. And I like to use the analogy of stream as if our body is a stream of water and it's flowing and there may be rocks in the stream but through our life experience and perhaps trauma emotional things and things in our environment we may get an accumulation of rocks which slow down this flow of energy and what reiki does is it actually helps to clear those blocks. Those are energetic blocks in our bodies. And so this energy has its own innate wisdom and it knows where to go. And it's not a forceful thing. It's very natural. It's flowing. It's getting into harmony. And it's helping that flow of energy that's very similar to how acupuncture works. And I think a lot of people are familiar with acupuncture, but it all comes down to that that flow of energy and relieving any blocks in a very gentle way in whatever way the body and mind is ready to move that energy. So the, the part of the Reiki practitioner and using Reiki energy, the very beginning is reading that energy and deciding uh, exactly what your client needs. So at the beginning of a session, beginning the session by putting them into a calm state, and I can talk more about later, by the way, and I think that Tracy wanted to talk about that as well. And then I placing my hands over their body, reading their vibration, and depending on whether their vibration, it whether I read it that it's lower or it's higher, I know where those blockages are so that I can help assist them in their healing with Reiki energy. I think sometimes a good way to understand Reiki energy is to think of it in terms of meditation because a lot of us understand meditation. Meditation has been very studied. There's lots of science behind it. And so uh, talking about getting people into that calm state Part of what we are doing in the session is getting people into the relaxation response. We're getting into generally into a theta brainwave state and the relaxation response is where all healing takes place. This is the activation of the parasympathetic nervous system. The sympathetic nervous system is our fight or flight. So parasympathetic is the opposite of that and it actually heals the negative effects of that fight or flight state. It is our rest, digest, I'd like to say our reset and restore state. And once we're in that state, uh, the body, the mind are receptive to healing. So it's uh, very similar to meditation and the benefits are very similar to meditation as far as the state that Jennifer was referring to, that state of calm and peace and relaxation and receptivity. So as y'all both know, I've experienced one Reiki session and it was amazing, but I have heard, well, I have a couple questions. So I have heard that 
people who go and seek a Reiki practitioner, they need to be mindful of, how do I say this? Be mindful of, because there's an exchange of energy, right? And so people need to be mindful of making sure that the Reiki practitioner is clear. Maybe that's something that is like in code of ethics for the Reiki practitioner, perhaps, is making sure that you are clear yourself and in a a relaxed state of being yourself do do um actually so i this is very important to the process of reiki i I do believe that there is a procedure i mean at least at least i do it i know that i carry energy with me throughout my day and i can pick up other people's energy or I can I can have negative energy and so I think it's always our responsibility that before a Reiki session that we practice uh, so my Reiki sessions last an hour but my whole entire Reiki is an, an hour and a half because 15 minutes before I'm practicing grounding myself I'm practicing a meditation beforehand but Reiki energy is separate energy from us. That's also something to to note as as well. But I think it's the responsibility of grounding ourselves and making sure that we're in the right headspace to help our clients out. Also, another point is that to make our clients comfortable with Reiki energy, at least for their first session, when somebody comes to me, I explain the whole process to them beforehand so they understand exactly what is going to happen during the Reiki session. So Tracy said, prayer sympathetic, sympathetic. I don't want my clients in sympathetic, and I think that they will in their sympathetic nervous system if they don't feel safe. You know, that's It's so important for them to feel safe and very comfortable with me during that Reiki session. So Paige, does that answer your question? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I no. Think Go ahead, Tracy. I, I feel like a different perspective. I never really hear about people being like, ooh, is that Reiki practitioner have some whatever? I, I feel like a good Reiki practitioner would do all of the things. Like we, we know we have a protocol and things that we always do before, during, and after. And actually it's, I feel like it's a little more like we need to protect ourselves from the energy that's coming into our treatment space or online event that we're having. So my Reiki master that I learned from, and I were just having that conversation a couple a couple of days ago um, about energy and how we protect ourselves from other people's energy. And I, I think that it's a mindset that you, I always say, like, so if one of my, my clients has a headache and I'm doing Reiki with them and I'm picking up their headache, legit, it does, it happens. Like you, you pick up these things from clients. So I simply say, well, what? what yours is what yours is yours and what's mine is mine and that seems to clear it so we talked about why that was and it's almost like the an intention setting so intention setting in the midst of reiki if we notice that we are not protecting ourselves now mind you we uh you know there's a whole ritual to protecting yourself beforehand and there's a whole ritual to clear everything afterwards but sometimes in the moment that stuff does sneak up. I don't know if that ever happens to you, Tracy. Yeah, I I was taught that way too. What's mine is mine. What's yours is yours. Like, 
yeah, keeping that energetic. So Paige, to answer your question, my perspective is that it's more about the Reiki practitioner protecting their energy and not picking it up from the client. But if you wanted to go into kind of like, hey, let's talk about what a person could expect from a session and how to choose somebody, because to me, that's a little more important that the person finds somebody that they resonate with. That's, it's that resonance, right? It's like, sometimes you just get on with somebody. You're just like, oh, I, I like her. Like, I don't know what she does, but I just want to have a treatment with her. I just want to do go to her meditation or her yoga class. So that's a great point. So what would you, what would both of you recommend the process in choosing a Reiki practitioner? I would suggest a consultation at the beginning. So whenever anybody signs up with me, I have a conversation with them beforehand, before we even meet for a Reiki session and, and decide if they want me to be their Reiki practitioner. And, and with all honesty, I recommend other Reiki practitioners that have, that are different because I do believe that you do have to resonate. That's a beautiful word. You have to have a relationship with this person. It's a Reiki is a very personal practice you are sharing energy with well you're not sharing energy but you're you're sharing a space and you're sharing and you're you're reading their energy it's a very emotional practice and there does need to be that trust and that safety within the Reiki space so that they can do their best healing and I think that is very important echoing what Jennifer said is finding someone to be your practitioner that you resonate with and um, having a talk ahead of time or getting to know them, just having a little conversation. And we all feel energy. We've all walked into a room and felt if there's an angry person in there, we pick up that energy. And other times you're around somebody and you're like, I just love being around this person. They make me feel happier. So I would say really, tune into that when you're choosing a Reiki practitioner and find that connection and that resonance. So y'all have mentioned this phrase, tuning in and reading energy. Well, for those of us and for those listeners who haven't had that experience, who have no idea from an embodied understanding what that looks like, what that feels like, can you help describe that process of tuning in and reading energy and for for them so they can kind of so that'll support them in choosing a practitioner okay um i'm gonna wing this because i maybe i'll try to rephrase what i what i said before so in choosing a reiki practitioner uh, I feel it's really a great idea to have a conversation with them. If you can meet in person or uh, online through a video chat, that would be great. And just pay attention to how your rapport is with that person, how that person makes you feel and what they're saying. If it's bringing up anything in you that makes you feel uncomfortable or if you feel that they're maybe too clinical or perhaps they might be too spiritual for you and using terms that you don't understand, just really ask those questions, have a conversation, and a Reiki practitioner should be able to answer all of those in a language that makes sense to you and resonates 
with you and just tune into to your heart and how you're feeling just check in with your feelings so before we get into what exactly a reiki session looks like what like what listeners can expect in a reiki session can we discuss briefly not only the benefits of reiki so providing value to to the listeners why should they even care but also, can you help? Can you provide us with a deeper understanding of Reiki energy, like what is their what is Reiki energy versus ours, etc.? Okay, well, everything in the universe is energy. Everything is vibrating at different frequencies, and this includes our bodies. And so, every organ. Uh, the tissues, the liquids, all of our body has uh, a vibrational frequency. And generally that would be harmonious. That would be flowing energy. Everything is in harmony. But sometimes things happen in our environment or in our minds or trauma, emotional issues. And that causes a, a dissonance. So an inharmony, in harmony, (laughs) let me say that again. Um, So certain things may happen in our lives, uh, emotional things, events, things in our environment that we're not in harmony with. And this causes dissonance. And this can turn into perhaps anxiety, depression and illness or something else. So that's basically that energy is getting locked within us. And that energy is basically stagnating and staying within our body. So an analogy that I like to use for uh, explaining how Reiki energy works with the energy in our uh, body, those vibrations, Reiki energy is bringing in a different vibration and harmonizing the parts of us where that energy is stagnant, where the vibration isn't at in balance and it's not in harmony. So the example that I like to give is a pendulum clocks. If you have pendulum clocks next to each other, the pendulum is swinging and they're on a different trajectory. And when you keep them next to each other, the vibration of each one will begin to calibrate. It's called entrainment. And so each pendulum will begin to resonate with the other and they will harmonize. So that's what's happening with the Reiki energy and the receiver of the Reiki energy. So it's like we're becoming... I'm thinking of resonance theory. So it's this this concept or idea of attunement. We're becoming attuned. Not only we become attuned within ourselves by attuning with another, such as y'all, the Reiki practitioner, using this energy of Reiki. Does that sound right? Yes, I I do think that that's right. I think that uh, the practitioner uses the Reiki energy, which vibrates at a higher frequency and helps clear the blockages through the body that the client needs, essentially. 
Mm-hmm. I think Tracy explained it beautifully. I've never heard that analogy before, so I was in trance. I've never heard that one before. Um, when I was doing my Reiki training, they taught us what Reiki energy feels like and also how to feel it in other people, but not to give the analogy. I mean, certainly we talked about vibration and how everything does vibrate in the universe and how essentially we are helping our energy and we're attuned to Reiki energy, even though it's separate from us, that we are using that energy to help clear blockages or or help alleviate pain in a Reiki client. So you actually bring up an interesting point that I didn't even think about asking, but now I'm going to. So what does energy, or excuse me, what does Reiki feel like in your body? And then it makes me question, does it feel differently in different bodies? And I know that's hard probably for us to, I guess we'll understand that through describing, because obviously we don't live in each other's bodies. So what do you think? What does Reiki feel like? Well, we're two different Reiki practitioners, so it might... um... When I'm doing Reiki or when I feel Reiki, well, first of all, when I'm reading a person's energy at the beginning of a session, it feels like static energy. So like when you rub your hands together and then you start to pull them apart, you feel that tingly energy in between your hands. That's essentially what I feel after I I have called upon Reiki. And that's a whole thing that you have to do before Reiki, before a Reiki session. So when I'm feeling energy on a client and where energy it might be blocked i it's like a pillow of energy so we have this bio field of energy and so feeling it feels like a pillow i'm not touching the person but i'm feeling that pillow of energy um on that person when i'm doing reiki so when i'm moving through a person's body my hands they heat up and that's how I know that, that my Reiki energy is, is flowing through through my hand and helping them with healing. Tracy, do you want to talk about what you feel when you feel Reiki energy? Uh, yeah, I'll share what it feels like to have the Reiki energy activated. We do receive attunement and we go through a process, a protocol that we do every single time. And so... We begin to become familiar with these different uh, sensations and for everybody's different. Some people are visual, some people are auditory, some people have sensations and for the practitioner and for the client, it can be different for everybody and it, it could even be different at different times depending on what's going on or who I am treating. So for me, generally, I feel tingling sensations in my hands and I feel heat. And generally, I I think I like to tell people that they can have all of these different experiences, but not really to put anything in their head, just to have an open mind and let go of the thinking mind and the judging and just allow sensing and perceiving and feeling to happen because ultimately that's what we need to do we need to get into that present moment and feel and sense and move forward from that 
That's so great. I definitely want to discuss how you all prepare the client to get them into that space so they are more receptive to this Reiki energy. But before we do, can you both share your individual experiences? Because I'm, of course, assuming that you have had Reiki done to yourselves. (laughs) And then, I mean, hopefully you buy into it, right? (laughs) And then also, um, can you share some of what your clients have experienced? And of course, I'll fill in the gaps based on what I've read in the literature. So my experience, actually, that's why I became a Reiki practitioner because of my very first experience. It might have been my second experience, but it was a super long time. But so a little disclosure of my personal life. I have two autistic children, um, one who is more has more difficulties with this world than the other one. We'll put it that way. She's super like she's great. But the anxiety of being an autism parent and then also um, an educator on top of that. And I just, I developed an anxiety disorder. I, I had, I started having panic attacks. So my husband sent me to a Reiki practitioner and she's actually my Reiki master now. So after that Reiki session, I felt like I was on cloud nine the entire day. She's like, you just ride that Reiki wave and you make sure you drink water make sure that you're being kind to yourself and she's you know she's she's uh and she's like in the longer that you will be in this state of calm and that's that's how I really my first Reiki session I was so I guess in lack of better words bliss I felt bliss I felt very very like I could do anything nothing bothered me my anxiety and I just I kept going back and then she said hey do you want to take do you want to learn how to do this yourself? And I started doing that. A lot of what I do with Reiki, my client base, I do deal with a lot of veterans that have post-traumatic stress disorder and also cancer patients. That's kind of where my, my heart lies actually with Reiki is doing Reiki on cancer patients. And one of my clients who I followed steadily through COVID, um, so Tracy mentioned, you know, distance Reiki and that's where we are right now as far as doing Reiki because, I mean, granted, we were told that we could go back to doing, you know, hands-on Reiki and massage therapy and such, but I've been doing a lot of distance Reiki, and particularly with this one client, every single week we have at least one Reiki session because she's going through chemotherapy right now. She says that it really helps with her pain. She can walk she told she actually texted me today and she said I was able to walk to she has horses be able to walk to the barn today Mm -hmm. I haven't been able to do that and I think that that is because of you now mind you it's not me it's Reiki I explained that to her but also that it's you know I'm pleased to hear that definitely I do ask my clients about their experiences and a lot of them say I feel calm calmer than I ever had you know that I have so it's it's great to hear you know how much Reiki energy affects other people the same way that it affected me and I think that's one of the reasons why I just love doing it because I love seeing how Reiki energy heals helps people heal and even heal themselves I love that. What about you, Tracy? What are some of your personal experiences, whether yourself or and or your clients? 
Um, so experiences that I've had really have to do a lot with getting into a very deep meditative state and feeling calm and feeling like my stress just completely disappears. So I have always been like very active mind, always like thinking and tons of energy and running around. And so it's always been a challenge for me to kind of slow down and calm down and not be like energetic, overly energetic in my mind and physically. And so by becoming a Reiki practitioner, I have all of these tools that I use every single day. I can use them wherever I go and be able to feel grounded and secure and calm. So that's invaluable to me. And as far as clients and what they have experienced, I actually have a a modality that I've created where I have a very specific guided meditation that I combine with the Reiki and they're very complementary. And what people are telling me is with the combination of those two, they sleep better. Oh, I haven't, I haven't slept through the night in months. And after I did your meditation and your treatment, I was able to sleep. So that's really rewarding. People say that I could never meditate before. I could never quiet my mind. And I don't know where I went. I just felt so calm and peaceful in the state of bliss. I mean, ultimately that's, that is the the goal. And when we're in that state of mind, that is our parasympathetic nervous system. And we are healing in that. And I recently had a family member in the hospital and I was sending distance Reiki to him. And I like to say that distance Reiki is kind of like a a cell phone. We don't really understand how it's working with those radio waves, long distance, but we know that if we pick up the phone and call somebody on the other coast or another part of the world, they will pick up and we'll be able to speak. So that's how distance Reiki works. And what happened with this family member was, according to his doctor, a miracle. He has had full recovery from brain issue, surgery, and his heart heart stopping in the middle of all of this trauma in the hospital. And he's perfectly normal now and has all of his faculties and speech and is healthy. So there are just so many things like that, so many experiences that people have had And I just recently had another client who she had never had Reiki before, but she had a Reiki practitioner tell her that she was picking up the energy from this woman. She said, you are a natural healer. So this woman came to one of my classes and she called me the next day. She texted me and she's like, can I call you? And I need to validate something. And when she called, she said, please tell me what you did because I don't remember what happened during it. But she said that her hands felt like somebody was holding her hands. And I said, that's you just, you tapped into that Reiki energy because I was sending that intentionally and that's included in the modality that that I've created. So I knew immediately, like she picked it up. It was distance Reiki, it was online. So just so many things like that where people have these experiences. 
That is so amazing. That That is, seriously, it's so cool to hear y'all talk about the experiences that people have had. And, and it's only corroborated, for the most part, by the literature. It talks about improvements with pain, tiredness, drowsiness, nausea, appetite, fibromyalgia, shortness of breath, depression, anxiety, affect in general, and the list goes on. So it's just, it's really reassuring, and I hope our listeners are open to trying Reiki sometime in hopefully their near future, which leads us to the next question. So what does a Reiki session look like? What can the listeners, if they choose to partake in a session, what can they expect from a Reiki session? So at the beginning of a Reiki session, we have a mini consultation when people come to my studio, I talk to them, like, how was their day? What's going on? Is there anything that you need? I do specifically ask, is there anywhere where you're feeling pain? Is there anything that you would like me to work on? So we have that conversation. If this is their very first session, I will explain that how I start. I start at the feet. Some people start at the head. Some people start at the feet. I start at the feet. So that I start by with their feet, and then I go to their knee, to their root chakra, to their, their solar sacral chakra, solar plexus, so on and so forth, um, shoulders, ears, top of the head, back of the head, and then down the other side, actually. So I, I really want them to know where I'm going to be. I also explain to my Reiki clients, because sometimes this happens, that I might be at their feet and they feel me touching their feet, but they might feel warmth in some other part of their body. And I don't want to lead them on saying that that might happen, but I want them to be aware of it so that they still feel safe and they still feel like that's a natural part of the Reiki process. I start their sessions off with a meditation as well. I do a body scan to get the mind-body connection, you know, help them to calm, help them to relax, help them to, to get ready to receive Reiki. And then I move, like I said, I move through their body with my Reiki energy. And then uh, there's always closing gratitude, closing gratitude for Reiki energy, gratitude for healing, gratitude for allowing them to come to me to this space. And then after Reiki session, I allow them to get up at their own leisure. So I tell, I, I have a partitioner and I, you know, whisper to them very quietly, I'm going to leave the room. Please take your time. Please get up slowly. And I give them some moments to wake up. I have had a few clients fall asleep and not be able to wake up. Mm-hmm. And it's so, I wasn't sure what to do, but just, I just kind of like went into the room very you know, carefully, like, touch their shoulder, tried to wake them up. I didn't want to startle anyone. You don't want to startle anyone after having a Reiki session. But, um, and they woke up. That's happened a couple of times. But it's just because they were so deep into it, they fell asleep. And, and I, I tell my clients, if you fall asleep, that's okay. It's fine. But afterwards, I do make sure when they get off the table, we go to my other room, sit down, and have a chat about their experience. And just, I ask them what their experience was, and they they tell me about their experience, what they're feeling, what they feel then. And even I follow up the next day as well, and I might message them and say, hey, how are you feeling? And we continue on. And that's where usually they tell me, 
hey, like Tracy said, I slept really great. That to, I've never slept like that before or anything of, of that nature. So that's a whole Reiki session in a nutshell. Very cool. Tracy, do you have any thoughts that you would like to add? Jennifer did a great job explaining what the structure of a Reiki session would be and what a client could expect. And so I'll just share a little bit about maybe the preparation for you when you choose to have a Reiki session. I'd say it's very similar to if you were going to go get a massage. So you want to just dress in comfortable clothing. We always recommend uh, hydrating, drinking water before and after, using the restroom before you start. And I'd say the most important thing is just to go with an open mind and let go of thinking and judging and analyzing. The mind wants to come in and make sense to all of this and it's not going to be able to so just gently lovingly say thank you mind for sharing but i'm just going to go into sensing and feeling and being present in the moment and i like to say that reiki the experiences it's very similar to a guided meditation it's very gentle it's very relaxing and because we know so much about meditation um we know it's been studied there's a myriad of physical and emotional and mental benefits it balances everything and so if you're experiencing any stress insomnia uh, depression any pain any chronic health conditions it's definitely worth giving this modality a chance and just having an open mind and experiencing it it's absolutely worth the investment of your time and money. I totally agree. As y'all both know, I had the opportunity to experience Reiki with a with a friend of mine, and I have never felt <laughs> so relaxed in my entire life. I, I literally couldn't get off of the floor. <laughs> and that's actually, so I've read that People conduct Reiki in a lot of different ways. Like y'all have talked about long distance Reiki. Some people do Reiki where you're sitting in a chair. Some do it when you're lying in a bed or on a massage table. So I've, I've read that there's a lot of different tools that support the Reiki session. I've also read, and I think y'all y'all validated this, that for the most part, no one should, there's no actual physical touch in the Reiki session unless of course you're getting a massage, correct? Um, some places I do touch. I touch feet, I touch shoulders, and I touch head. But as far as, like, the chakras, I don't touch, no. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of like a combo between hands-on and hands-off. That That's that's the style that I do. But you're right. Reiki can be done in a chair, on a table, distance. There's no really one posture for Reiki for it to be received. And also, I just wanted to say something, like, just expound upon what Tracy said. Definitely trying it out is the best way that you can experience, you know, really what Reiki is all about. Because it's so personal, and I think the experience is really personal. I I get different reactions. I mean, similar as far as calm, and but different reactions to Reiki each time from all of my clients. So 
trying it out, I think is the best thing to do. I totally agree. When I first experienced it, I was, well, not even when I first experienced it, when she offered it to me, I was incredibly skeptical, but I'm pretty open. And I was like, okay, I don't think this is going to work, but I'll try it out. And then at the end of it, I was like, oh my God, can we do this every day? (laughs) I was like, I feel amazing. I can't lift my arm, but I feel wonderful and so relaxed. I had literally never... It was like that bliss body that y'all are referring to. And I will say what you're saying about getting out of the, the ego mind, how we want to analyze and judge and rationalize and, and you know and pick apart everything that the practitioner is doing to try to make sense of it. It's so much more enjoyable. And I, I personally believe that you'll be more aware of the experiences because you're observing what's happening rather than judging what's happening. I, I got out of my ego mind and I just started noticing and that's when I started really feeling that Reiki energy and having my own personal experiences. Like Jennifer, you were talking about sometimes people will see colors or images or what have you. And so just being open to the healing process of Reiki, I I think that's incredibly an important point to mention for the listeners. So I feel like we've covered a lot of information, but I did want to let the listeners know that over 800 hospitals offer Reiki in the United States, which is pretty amazing. And on top of that, even though that it is a newer modality for healing, there are 74 peer-reviewed studies. And even though the research is in its infancy, I think that we can, for the most part, all agree that the, the personal individual testimonies and experiences are quite profound. And so, you know, we can't, you know, confirm and validate that, yes, something will happen for, for you or that they will experience healing. But what the hope is, is that, and I believe, and I think we're all here and we agree, that they will experience, hopefully they will experience some kind of healing or shift or just feel a little more relaxed in their daily life. And with all the socio-political tensions in the world, I think we can all be a little more relaxed. We all can benefit from that, right? <laughs> but I was going to ask y'all, do y'all have any fun? Any stories or experiences regarding Reiki that you think would be fun to share for the listener? I think the only funny thing was when I had a client, she got into a state so deep that I couldn't wake her up. <laughs> like she was just sleeping. And I mean, sleeping so soundly. You know, because usually I leave my clients, like I said before, I leave my client and like just, I didn't know what to do. I actually tested my husband and I'm like, she fell asleep. I don't know what to do. I don't want to wake her up. I don't want to scare her. I want her to be in this Reiki state. And so it took a couple times me kind of like shaking her shoulder, but I think she really needed that sleep. So I think that that was the only funny experience. I have had another practitioner friend of mine predict that somebody was pregnant though when they were doing Reiki with them and it was great because they were and so that's kind of like that's fun you know yeah um you know good news she didn't share that with her like I think she found out later on and she's like I already knew so (laughs) but that 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 those are a couple of instances 
No, and I think that's great. The obviously, yeah, your client or yeah, your client was yours. Really did. Maybe that was her body's way of that self-healing process. Like you really need these deeper levels of sleep. So that's wonderful. See, it just further validates what we're talking about. That Reiki supports us in self-healing. Tracy, do you have any funny stories that you'd like to share with us? Well, my funny story has to do with sleep also is I do a lot of online classes and I had a group of people and online you can kind of pop off and on, whereas when you're in a room with somebody, they can't just disappear. And so what ended up happening was everybody popped off immediately at the end of it and I was I didn't realize it and I started telling people, you know, just want to give everybody a free gift for staying throughout the whole thing. And everybody popped off except for one woman. And I was like, yay, you win the freebie, contact me. And she got back to me 20 minutes later and she's like, "Uh, Tracy, I fell asleep. And I was like, well, guess what? You still won. You were the last one in the room with me. (laughs) Oh, that's so great. (laughs) That is too cute. Uh, Thank you. you Can I just, um, I'll just go back Uh, one thing. I don't know if you want to change this, but I do. I did have that information to share with you about Reiki is in over 800 hospitals and medical centers, including the Mayo Clinic, John Hopkins, New York Presbyterian Hospital. Dr. Oz was actually the biggest proponent of Reiki there. And also the other stat that I always share is that 90% of doctors visits for people having symptoms and illnesses are documented as stress-related. So it's really important to work on our stress, get out of that fight or flight, and get into the parasympathetic nervous system and rest and relax and restore our nervous system for health. I totally agree. And that's part of this, the purpose of this podcast to support us in mind, body, and if you believe in spirituality, spiritual health, so that we can really come together and problem solve. Because in order to problem solve, we have to be in that, we have to embody that calm state of being, not in that fight or flight. Because as y'all both know, when we're in that fight or flight, we're more reactive and we're more inclined to, to be rash and make mistakes in our problem solving ability. And if we really want to change and come together in unity and really solve these problems that we're seeing in our world I totally agree we, we have to heal and and with that I'm I'm so grateful and appreciative for both you Tracy and Jennifer for being here and sharing your wisdom with us and and hopefully inspiring others to at least give give Reiki a shot right just be open to it and try it and if it's not for you that's okay too. We have a lot of other tools on this podcast, so they can take their pick, right? <laughs> anyway, thank you again so much. I'm, I'm so happy that y'all are here. Thank you. Thank you. And that concludes today's episode on Reiki. I hope you all enjoyed it. And if you're interested in experiencing distance Reiki, I invite you to check out the description box where you encountered this podcast and you'll find their email addresses. So please feel free to reach out to them if you'd like to approach them for a session. Bear in mind that Tracy has a more scientific approach to Reiki, whereas Jennifer applies a more spiritual approach. So 
there's no judgment for either, right? Just choose whichever practitioner resonates with you. But if you're wanting to try Reiki in person, then of course we all would recommend that you seek someone in your local area. As always, thank you all so much for listening and being a part of What's Next. If this is your first episode listening, please, I invite you to check out the first episode where I provide an overview of our purpose, the short and the long-term goal. Or you're more than welcome to check out any of the other episodes that may resonate with you. Regardless, I hope you have a wonderful day, the rest of your week, and I hope to see you back on What's Next.